My name is Sharon, and 58 years ago, my life started in diapers. And my name is Rod, and in 58 years ago, my life started in diapers. Hi, I'm Jill. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to Poverty Pitfalls and the Price of Diapers. Ashley, how are you? Good. It's a Good. crazy week off of vacation, catching uh, up, and then getting ready for another vacation. For another vacation. <laughs> what was I thinking? Vacation's great, though. Um, yeah. Today on the podcast, so we're, we're recording this a little early. It's actually um, almost Christmas, but this won't air till after Christmas. Don't tell. Um, except for everybody <laughs> listening, <laughs> but that's actually why you're on vacation, right? You were on vacation and then you're getting ready to go on vacation. Cause we're going to close for a couple weeks over the holidays. Yes. I took a long weekend, um, trip just because of the timing, it was really the only chance I had to Branson, my first Branson experience. Ooh, er Brave. <laughs> Eddie, over the holidays. I thought, <laughs> yes. I thought Eddie had an amazing, uh, way to describe it he said imagine cracker barrel except the whole city is cracker barrel <laughs> <laughs> oh that's, that's kind of true it's funny it's really funny yes um well we are just getting back from break now when this episode airs so we're excited to be talking to um rod and sharon hennig Rod and Sharon have been involved in Happy Bottoms for many years. I don't know the exact amount of years, but but a lot of years. And they just keep getting more and more involved and more and more supportive. And they um, have a foundation, Offering Hope Foundation, and support um, nonprofits in Wisconsin and Kansas City. Um, they also do mission trips with their church, Church of the Resurrection. And they're just cool people who do they a lot. For the, yeah. They do so much for the community. Yeah. They're exactly in the position that I hope to be in one day because oh. they, and they do so much. They do it with a smile on their face and they really are making a difference with their time and with their talents and with their treasures. And mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we hope you amazing. Guys, yeah. We hope you guys enjoy Rod and Sharon. Welcome Rod and Sharon. I'm so excited to have you guys here today. You guys are you. some of, yeah, you guys are some of my, my favorite people involved in Happy Bottoms. And of course, we want to hear all about how you got involved. But first, why don't you tell us and our listeners just a little bit um, about you guys, maybe even your early life, where you grew up, what your household, what your family was like, what your childhood was, was like, a little bit of that. I grew up in Raytown, so um, I've lived here in the Kansas City area my whole life. Oh my gosh. So I lived in Raytown until I was seven, um, okay. but Pam Sutherland, our finance director, Susan Belger, our development director, both grew up and lived their whole life in, well, I guess you know Susan, yeah, Susan, yeah. Um, in Raytown, so it's funny. Oh, and Olivia, that's right, Olivia still lives in Raytown, so <laughs> we're all I, like a Raytown yeah. bunch. We are a Raytown bunch. We love it. Yeah, grew up, went to school there, and um, went to nursing school at oh, nice. St. Luke's Hospital, and worked there the whole time that I worked there, so wow. that I was in working, and um, 
yeah, met a man and had a different man than Rod. Yeah. My first <laughs> husband and had three beautiful daughters with him who are 30 and I have twins that are 27, identical twins. And I'm a grandma now because one of the twins had a two That's baby. the best, isn't it? Two little baby boys. Yes, it's yeah. the absolute best. Oh. And, and now you just need to get them to move like wherever here. Yes, because <laughs> they live in Ohio. <laughs> exactly. So they're not here and we travel a lot to go see them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so and I um, grew up in a household that uh, went to church every week and my parents volunteered a lot at the church mm-hmm. and volunteered at my school. So I grew up, um, once I had kids, it just seemed mm-hmm. natural to volunteer a lot, do Girl Scouts with my girls. And oh, yeah. Did like you that. have siblings? I have an older brother okay. and a younger sister. So I'm a middle okay. child. Oh, nice. Yes. Awesome. And um, yeah. And then met Rod, divorced, yes. obviously, and then met Rod <laughs> and got married. And now we volunteer a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. you do. Rod, tell us about you. Well, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin called Fall Creek, which is about 100 miles straight east of St. Paul. So about halfway up the state. And Almost uh, to Canada. I, well, a little ways from Canada. <laughs> it's cold you enough to be Canada. Yeah. It's uh, far enough up that they've already had 10 inches of snow this past weekend. So Wow. Um, but I, yeah, I have two sisters um, and uh, one older, one younger. So I'm also a, a middle child. And uh, was there until I graduated college. And then I moved to uh, Kansas City. And besides a small stint in Chicago, I've been here ever since. Wow. And, uh, so I was married as well and have uh, two children. I have a son who is 30 and a daughter who is 28. Uh, and they both happen to live still in Kansas City. So Yay. like Sharon, my kids are here. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, were you guys close with your siblings growing up? Um, I was close with my sister. My brother is eight years older. Oh, and yeah, that's so it was a big difficult. difference. I think we were more of an annoyance to him mm-hmm. than close. I'm now I'm close to him, yeah. but you know, as you age, it's a lot easier. But it when is. you're little, it's hard to have a relationship with somebody that much older. So Definitely. Yeah. And I, I was close to my sisters. Uh, I still am. Still um, so there was, we were always close. Good. So yeah. pretty, pretty happy upbringing. So when did you guys first learn about poverty? Uh, you're right. There's different levels of poverty. Um, Cause even growing up, there were families that had more than our family had, but there were also families that had less than our family had. So you could see there were different levels of that. And then once I moved to Kansas City um, and uh, got into Johnson County, <laughs> you could see and hear about uh, you know, how much money that there is here or wealth. And then you start to see um, where there's not as much. And when it really, really hit me is when we started traveling internationally and we took a trip to uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and we had seen some other countries that were poor, but uh, Port-au-Prince in Haiti is deep, deep poverty. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that's where it really hit home for me. Uh, I think for me, 
Um, in nursing school, um, we did rotations. And so um, I had a rotation at Truman Medical Center and then at Children's Mercy Hospital. And um, the patients that we saw there that would come in um, and the diagnosis of the children, a lot of the children that would come in to Children's Mercy um, had a diagnosis, which is called th failure to thrive because their parents were not feeding them the right things, um, because they hadn't been taught. They didn't know. Right. And, and most of them thought it was okay to give a baby potato chips and popcorn and things, you know, that they were eating, um, mm -hmm. Gatorade and Mountain Dew, um, instead of milk. And so I think just like on an educational level, and seeing that, and then just being down in that area mm -hmm. and going there, traveling there to work and seeing that people just, you know, were living differently than what I had grown up. Living. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We're going to get to Port-au-Prince in a minute, but so Sharon, cause you really kind of grew up, I mean, Raytown's pretty much close enough to a bigger city, but Rod, I, it's interesting. You you're the town you grew up in was probably pretty small. So when you came here, you probably did see a much I guess, was it a much broader level of from poverty to having, you know, substantial amount of wealth than really what you saw in the smaller town? Yeah, because the town when I was growing up was 800 people and we lived out in the country. So we, we were five miles out of town. So um, we were way out there. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, so when I got here, it was more that I saw how much wealth there could be than... Mm than what I saw is how much poverty there could be because mm -hmm. there wasn't, there wasn't the wealth there that there, you know, there is here. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast, but you know, I've, my mom grew up in small town, Kansas, and I still have a lot of cousins there. And, um, I feel like those small towns are always rallying around each other when something happens. They're always reaching out to help their neighbors, their friends, their community. And then when you get to these bigger cities, not that you don't have people reaching out and helping, but it's different because there is such a, a bigger separation of um, poverty and wealth, right? Like, like you said, Johnson County, a lot of people live in Johnson County that they don't maybe ever experience people uh, or interact with people who might be experiencing challenges or poverty. And it's just a, um, an interesting, something I'd never really thought about. Well, and it's not personal to them. Whereas, right. You know, Rod's town still, you know, I mean, it's still small and you go back and everybody knows everybody and they do take care of each other. And they, they're concerned. I mean, if you have a problem, five people show up, you know, to help you, yeah. which is so nice. So yeah, yeah it's a lot different. That with the, the tornado that happened in Mayfield, Kentucky, mm -hmm. yeah. which was a very small town. I was listening to a news report and they were, you know, the national news obviously went down there to cover it. And it was the next day and they were like, you know, what can we tell people that you need? And they said, we literally have everything that we need like people have responded immediately they responded in a big way and it's just because i mean it was total devastation obviously but it was a small town and other small towns in kentucky were just like you know i could see this being us and came to the call right away which was i grew up in a small town too so i remember 
you know, if your grandma's in the hospital, 10 people show up with food, <laughs> whether you <laughs> need that much food or not, you're going to get it. And it does have a different feel to it. I think when there's so many people that live in a city, people like individuals sometimes feel less, you feel less connected to them or they don't feel, I don't know. It's just when there's a smaller group of people, you feel more personally connected to each person. And yeah, it's less connected. And um, probably for some people too, more overwhelming because there's so many people and so many problems and so many issues. Whereas when you can just focus on maybe a smaller town, small connections, you know, everybody's got your back. So interesting. True. Um, tell us about your, uh, tell us all about your mission work. Well, when, when Rod and I met and um, started dating, um, I mean, he knew that 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 was an interest of mine too. Cause, um, my previous ex-husband and I had a foundation and, um, felt that it was important because we are very blessed with where we are and what we have. And it's important to me that we give back as much as we possibly can. So, um, and Rod's exactly the same way. He feels the same way. So it was very easy. It wasn't hard to convince him to do that. Um, and I think, you know, I think last night we were talking about it and I think probably, yeah, the hardest part we had was trying to decide what focus was our foundation going to be, you know, cause I was joking with the people last night, if we had pulled our five children, they would want to give to animals, no matter what it was, <laughs> we were going to save every animal on the planet. Um, yep. but I always, you know, and we love animals. Don't get us wrong, but, um, it's not our passion, you know, and we mm -hmm. talked about kind of like, really, what was it, where was it that we were going to make a difference and, and how can we, um, work with other organizations and just really help in our community and, you know, around the nation and around the world. So, um, we decided on helping children and started our foundation and, and we found you guys. You did. <laughs> so I glad you, found, you, you found us kind of indirectly through our church. Yeah, we you know because right. we signed up for to come work for you guys and with you and mm -hmm. and that's how it got started. And it's just been building and, and it's, yeah. I think the work that you guys do is incredible. I mean, I know you're involved, um, in Wisconsin and some organizations in Kansas city with some organizations. And as you mentioned, you travel, um, to other countries and, uh, you know, help in those other countries. And it's just really inspiring because you guys not only contribute financially, but you give your time which is huge. And you, um, you encourage others to give their time and to get involved. And, um, plus you're just the nicest people I could go on and on, <laughs> but we're just, we are so lucky to have you guys involved. And I'm, I'm so grateful to, you know, that, that you were led to happy bottoms and we've kind of, you know, gotten to know each other a little bit over the years. Us too. We kind of like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys. Uh, yes. Um, tell us about your trips over to other countries oh, a little gosh. bit. Because I feel like that's a real special place in your in both your hearts. It is. Yeah. Um, actually, the first mission trip we took was to Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And that was an educational trip, meaning we were going to help kids in school um, learn English. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found out that was not my calling. Um, I was <laughs> mentally exhausted at the end of every day. And so when we got back, I'm like, okay, no more educational trips. So now we take uh, trips and we've gone to uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Hatillo, Puerto Rico for, we've taken four trips down there, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they've all been uh, construction trips. Disaster relief disaster. from the hurricane. And so, um, Mm -hmm. that's much more my calling. Um, I'd rather be physically tired than mentally tired at the end of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we've done that and now we're going to start going to uh, Costa Rica on the same type of trip. So we were just there last week. Uh, We went down on an exploratory trip to see, um, what kind of work can we, we can be uh, doing down there. Yeah. Bet you've made some great friendships and relationships with people, not only that travel with you, but in these countries. And um, it's probably got to be really nice to to have those connections. It is really nice. Um, We are actually taking a small group back down in January because we're uh, for a reunion trip to Puerto Rico, just because we're, we're done with our work there and we're, we're going to not, I don't want to say goodbye because I want to still see these people, but um, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same um, moving right. forward. And we, I do, I, I love them. Those people are just like so dear to my heart and we care about them. And so will there be lots of tears on that trip or will yes. it be all there okay. was tears <laughs> on the last trip because oh we had gosh. a feeling that it was coming. So I know there's going to be lots of tears. Oh, wow. But they're, they're wonderful. And I know that, um, just this last trip to Costa Rica that we went, we met some amazing people Mm. that are just doing some incredible work, you know, and so I'm excited to start going there. That's amazing. Yeah. We've got friends, we've got phone numbers, we've got email, we've got Facebook connections. So it's, they're not going to go away. No. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of them travel to the States. So, uh, we yeah. know that the, the connection will still be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, you, you meet some great people. You do. And the best thing about these trips is um, some people look at it as we're going there to help them. But when we come back, we've actually been helped ourselves more than what we've given. And that, that is, it's just such a great feeling. Well, I'm sure Jill, you and Ash both know that that's, that's how you feel when you're helping with any organization too, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're giving of yourself and your time yeah, and seeing that you're making a difference or just even helping one person, you Mm -hmm. know, just delivering diapers yesterday. Yeah. People are so grateful that we're there to deliver them. And, you know, it's just, it's, you're getting way more than. Yeah. I think anytime you do something like that, and especially with mission trips or trips to other countries, you're just taken outside of your comfort zone or your everyday life and open opening up to what else is going on in this big, huge world, which is really hard to remember that it's not just our little corner nook of the world, (laughs) but there's a lot of things going on out there. And, um, you know, I, I really strongly believe in travel. I haven't gotten to do any mission trips or, um, country trips, but, you know, I take my daughter everywhere as much as I can, just so she can see that, you know, there's a whole big world out there and lots of things to see and lots of differences and experience that Ashley, you were going to ask a question. 
you remember? Oh, I was just going to, I was wondering if you do this through your church or if you partner with an organization like, you know, I know Compassion International does trips. I actually led several trips to Nicaragua when I worked with my church and we partnered with an organization called Rainbow Network. So I was just curious how you, like what organization you use to go to these trips? These are through our church. Church of the Resurrection. That's a wonderful church. It's, it is. It is. I know it's, it's a really big church, but it has lots of opportunities to serve. Funny when you were talking about potato chips and like what, you know, Aww. some parents feed kids. I, I will never forget being at a pool in my hometown, small town and seeing a baby, probably about one with a bottle of soda, so yeah. soda inside of a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. I know. I, and it's I just, can't. it's, it's, heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because I think, and it comes back to that same question of, you know, you, you have to have a license to drive. You have to have a license for everything. There's no training for parenting, Mm -hmm. which is, I feel like one of the most important jobs ever in your entire life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there's just that skill set is just not there. You know I mean? Cause you're going to do what your parents did, Mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. I mean, it will revert back if you don't have any training. So many people experience trauma and don't know how to get out of that trauma cycle and then pass it down inadvertently. And then on top of that, so many families are struggling with even being able to afford anything. So that's where my mind goes to first thing. When you say that Ashley about the soda, I'm like, well, it's probably cheaper than formula mm-hmm. and but it is sugar and giving you some energy. So, you know, it's hard for yeah, I know. And that's why I love our partner model so much, because if somebody, you know, needs diapers, they don't have resources for formula and they need diapers, hopefully they can go to one of our agencies, get the diapers and then also learn about proper child, you know, parenting techniques and what children should be eating and safety and health resources and just all those other things that they more than likely need to. Yes. So we have um, Sharon and Rod, I don't think you've met him yet, but we have a board member, Richard Dixon. Um, He is also a client. He's raising his four grandchildren um, and he just launched um, a new business venture. Um, I cannot believe I'm going to blank on the name of it, but it's basically parent education and it's trauma informed based. So it's trying to break these habits of trauma mm-hmm. that people don't even realize. And it's a total new approach to parenting children that a lot of people don't understand. And, um, he's, again, he just launched this and, and it's, uh, you know, available, going to be available ac- across the country for families to learn how to hopefully break that cycle. And it's really, mm-hmm. it's really cool to see, um, to see that because like you said, I'm sure you experienced that a lot at the hospitals and I'm sure it's still happening all the time. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. And you know, and trauma, and that's interesting because trauma is not, you know, you think of it usually as something physical that's happened mm-hmm. to somebody, but um, nutrition, you know, lack yeah. of nutrition is it's trauma is trauma. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, no matter where you're statuses on the wealth spectrum, probably everybody has experienced trauma. Some people maybe just have more resources to deal with it better. Right. So, Absolutely. So like we all have trauma in common at the end of the day, mm-hmm. which, and it brings back to kids being in diapers for yep. 
hours and hours and hours on end because they don't have the resources and the money to have the diapers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. We're going to try and change that. <laughs> yes. Um, we're all leaders in some way. Can you tell me how, how you guys are leaders and if there was a defining point or person that led to that? Well, I think um, for me, it started probably in, in high school, mm. uh, playing sports. I played sports year round. And so there's always has to be leaders in sports, whether it's your coach or it's a captain on the team or, or whatever the case is. Um, and so probably my high school football and basketball coach, it was the same person, um, taught me my first lessons of leadership. Um, and then we've just gone through it. I went to school for, uh, <laughs> hotel and restaurant management. So I've been in management my whole life until I retired. Um, and I've coached teams and you just lead people that way. And mm-hmm. now we try to lead people into uh, helping us volunteer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm betting with the restaurant business that because you are the founder of First Watch, no, no, I got in early. I was, I started when there were five uh, locations. Wow. So, and I'm sure a lot of leadership was required there with, you know, yeah, I, um, when I retired, I was a regional vice president. So mm-hmm. I oversaw about 30 restaurants, mm-hmm. um, from here to Washington, DC, uh, wow. had almost about a thousand employees that I was responsible for, uh, at any one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it does, it takes, leadership. It takes vision. Um, it takes wise decision-making, um, Mm -hmm. not, not for, don't, don't go for shortcuts, right. Um, Do the right thing and do the right thing for those that are working for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sharon, how about you? Hmm. I think, um, growing up, I just had some great teachers that encouraged me. Um, and I think I was that kid that I I love school you know, and so I think I just, um, always was the one to volunteer to, to do something or lead a group or whatever. And I just, it was easy. It was easy for me. And then I was, uh, involved in my youth group at church, um, and did a lot of stuff there and, you know, was a leader there. And then, um, once my girls were in school, you know, you have lots of opportunities to volunteer when they're in, elementary school. So yes, you do. Um, you know, it's always that 10% that say yes. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I don't know. I like doing it. I like being where they were. And, um, and then I grew up a girl scout. So I, you know, was one of their leaders for girl scout and their, their troop and it was fun. And so awesome. now, I mean, it's, you know, you just have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And step out and say, yeah, I'm willing to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's part two, which I like about mission trips is you're flex. You have to be flexible and you have to be willing to be uncomfortable because you don't know from day to day what you're going to be doing. So Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, wow. 
And then I think too, like just what you said with offering hope foundation and the work that you guys do. I mean, that's huge leadership and everything that you're doing there. So that's really cool. Wow. That's Rod. Rod is the the go-getter on that one. I'm more of that. Well, he's, he's, uh, I'm more of that. Yes, we can give that. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) Every good man is a even better woman. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that the saying? Yeah. And that's very true in this case. Um, (laughs) I learned a tremendous amount from Sharon during this whole process because this Offering Hope Foundation is her idea. Uh, It's her baby. And um, she said, let's do this. And so this was back in 2012. And it took us almost a full year to figure out what we wanted to do, Mm -hmm. what our mission was going to be, who we were going to serve, and what direction we wanted to go. And um, so we did. We we figured that out, uh, got all the pieces in place. And then we've just taken it from there. And once, once I know the direction we want to go, I'm not afraid to push it. And I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll push you along or I'll pull you along, but we're going to go do it. And uh, so that's, that's how this is all got going. I love that. You're the freight train. Just sure. yes. keep on going. <laughs> but what I do love too about it, and I'm sure you guys too, you, you meet so many different people along the way and we've had such great opportunities of where we volunteered one place but as we're volunteering there we meet somebody there that says oh did you know about this organization you know and then it's just we're like no tell us about it and then we go and meet somebody else and it's like there's so many opportunities where if you're just willing to listen you know and and be open to things so many wonderful things come along and you get to meet incredible people and do all kinds of stuff, which is cool. That's awesome. So, um, Rod and Sharon actually drove the diaper mobile for happy bottoms yesterday and delivered (laughs) diapers to what? Nine of our partner agencies all over Kansas city. And I'm a little jealous because I haven't gotten to deliver diapers to anybody since probably our first year of operations. Wow. <laughs> you should go. I need to go. I need to do. I do because that used to be my favorite thing to do to show up to those partner agencies and, you know, here's your diapers and they're just so excited. So how was it yesterday? Was it just, was it there was a lot of people great. out? Yeah. There were a lot of people actually, mm-hmm. um, Salvation Army. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We were at Salvation Army and they were having some kind of food, uh, drive through clothing, oh, wow. drive. And yes. so it was, we had to navigate a little bit, <laughs> but, um, it was crazy. The line of people that were going to pick up things Mm -hmm. there. And, um, but they were so helpful. And there was a man that was actually directing traffic, but he ended up getting the diapers and helping us out and taking them. And, um, but I think that that's what you find is when you go to those agencies, there's some incredible people that are working there Mm -hmm. that just have huge hearts that are, um, want the same thing you do Mm -hmm. is to just try and help. Yeah. Other people and serve other people. And so 
Um, and he just had a big smile on his face and he came out with a cart shopping cart and we just made it work, you That's know, but awesome. almost all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say all, all of the agencies that we stopped at were very we grateful. Love, They're very grateful. They're happy bottoms. Help out and do you all know, that. It is. It's great. Yeah, we're so, definitely not in this business for the money. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you have to have a heart for it and a heart for people and want to make a difference. And, you know, all of that starts in different places for different people. Maybe they've experienced themselves or maybe they grew up in church and, you know, but there's a lot of amazing people, even here in Kansas city and thousands of organizations doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. So why do you think some of us end up in a pile of it? And others of us get out clean. <laughs> well, it depends uh, what you mean by a pile. Of it. It could be a, a pile of gold, or I guess it could be hey, a pile of juju, which is that's where I, I think you're going. Uh-huh, that's where I'm uh, going. <laughs> um, I think there's a couple reasons, in, in my opinion. One is luck. Um, the, you know what? Why was I born where I was born? Why? Did I have the parents that I had versus somebody else? Uh, I, I had no control over that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was just luck. And then I think some of it is decision making. Um, the decisions that we make, um, you know, there's usually just a couple of options that are going to happen from that. One can be good and one can be bad. So do you make the right decision um, for your best future? And a lot of people do, and a lot of people uh, do not. I happen to have a nephew who has made a lot of those bad decisions. And he's finally at a stage in his life where he's turning the corner, but it has really set him back. And to watch him go through that is was painful, um, and it still is. Um, and then I think um, a third thing is hard work. You have to... Uh, you can't be afraid of hard work. Um, you just have to go do it and it's going to pay off. That's very true. I think so too. And I think um, decisions, whether it's decisions or choices, because I can remember like um, when my kids were little and make letting them choose, do you want the blue top or the red top? Yep. You know, And <laughs> letting children make decisions early on. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of kids, uh, people who don't have a choice, you know, every day, this is, then they can't then teach it to their children, you know, because so then they make poor choices as they grow up because they were never allowed that just simple choices and the consequences if you chose poorly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And probably if you can't make choices and then all of a sudden you can, it's like, how do you do it? Right. I'm going to do all the things that I, yeah, (laughs) that would be tough. And I see we um, volunteer at at church with the bookmobile. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a bookmobile that goes to all the partner schools that we have in Kansas city. And, and it's interesting to watch those kids who come in because they get to choose two books and some of them it's so labor intensive because, you know, when we first started the bookmobile, they would go in and stand the entire time just looking at all those choices because they've never been allowed to make a choice anywhere in their entire life and then there's the ones that you see that make a an immediate choice because they have been allowed to so it's those you know whether they're in a school that 
you see a lot of um, children that are at the poverty level, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to watch the dynamics of, of how they've been parented, even wow. if they didn't have a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, oh, it just hard. makes me think our teachers are I mean, we all know this. Our teachers are not paid enough money. They are. It's incredible. <laughs> the things they do for yes. the students. Yeah. Especially the past few years. That's, oh, that's amazing. It is. So what do you guys most value? No. Time uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then friendships, uh, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Relationships. A, yeah, mm. certain things that you only get so much of. And so you have to take advantage of it, you know, while you can. Yeah. yeah. Health health is another one. Health um, and um, I think it's very important to do whatever we can to stay as healthy as we can. And I don't, I mean, I make a ton of mistakes with <laughs> what I what I put in my body or if I don't go to the gym. Don't we all? But yes. I, I, yeah. But I, I think it's important to you know, get that going. And yeah. And I, and I value, um, my relationship with God, mm. you know, my faith and, um, feeling so blessed that we are in this country that you can choose what, what kind of faith that you want to have. And, and it's, and be able to demonstrate it, you know, and be able to go to church or not go to church or whatever you want to do. But I think I value that for me every day, knowing that the church is there for me. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys are incredible. We really do just appreciate everything you do for happy bottoms and the whole world, frankly, because <laughs> you, you do a lot and, and you always show up with a smile on your face and, um, excitement and happiness. And we just love that you're involved with happy bottoms and I'm thrilled that I get to know you. Wow. Well, we're we very feel the happy. same way. Yeah, we're very happy. Yeah. We know you and the yeah. whole staff. It's yeah. everybody down there is great. They are. They're fun. They're fun, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley, do you have any other questions? I think my only other question, I know you guys are so involved um, in mission work and you interact with a lot of people who are also really involved in mission work. What do you think like right now, really a message that really resonates with people to get them to say, yes, that's the kind of organization I want to be involved in, or that's the cause that I want to commit my time or my talents or my treasure to just in what your interactions, because I know you're in that community and I know you're involved with a lot of people who are similar to yourselves. That's how it was with my previous church community. Oh, I, I mean, we like, I, once again, we were at this event last night and we were talking with the people at our group at our table. And um, one person was getting ready to retire he was talking about it and he's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to, I, I don't see myself doing a whole lot, you know, when I retire and I think, and I said, we don't have enough time in the day. You know, <laughs> we, I think you've got to find your passion, you know, and do it. But I see where younger people, we love to have younger people come and do it a lot, but you guys are so busy you know, you're working and you can't take off. And when you do take off, much like our children, their time is valuable and they only get so many days off mm-hmm. um, to try and do it. Although some organizations allow you to, 
you know, go on a mission trip or encourage you to do work in the community. And I think that is wonderful that those businesses allow you to do it because it makes those makes their employees stronger by serving and being able to go and see what it's like in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ashley, I think um, the volunteering life is very similar to the work life. You need to find what your calling is because um, you hear those people that say that they never, they feel like they've never worked a day in their life because they absolutely love what they're doing for work. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with volunteering. Uh, like I told you before, um, do not send me on another um, <laughs> missions trip where I have to go and teach little kids because <laughs> it's not going to be good for, it's not good for them. It's not good for me. That's, that's not my, my passion. It's not my calling. Uh, but if you want to give me a hammer and, um, you know, a, a sledgehammer and go tear down walls all day, uh, that's fine. And that's great. So you have to find what you like. And there's so many options out here in the world that there's something for everybody. There, mm-hmm. there really, really is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, mm-hmm. I personally want to thank you guys because, you know, you have given us the Offering Hope Foundation, gave us um, contributions towards our match for Giving Tuesday and for Mother's Day. And it was our biggest Giving Tuesday we've ever had. And I don't Yay. think that would be possible without your all's match contributions. So thank, I'm going to give a personal thank you for that and just all the things that you do for us. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're, you're welcome. welcome. Thank you guys. Thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Wow. So you're going to be like them when you grow up, huh, Ashley? Well, it's hashtag goals. Right. <laughs> so uh yeah if you want to be like rod and sharon um i'm sure you can find offering hope uh foundation on social media actually i know you can and see all the great work they're doing and maybe you'll be inspired to do some work yourself uh and as always you can check happybottoms.org and get involved with happy bottoms um by volunteering donating we have all kinds of ways to get involved so thanks yeah Bye, everybody. Bye.